Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Callender. Uh, normally, we would be talking about uh, sports and fantasy, but I'm going to take a bit of a, a, a divergence here because, namely, the Monday Night Football game is, for lack of a better term, a steaming pile of garbage uh, between the Texans visiting the Ravens. Now, in terms of the actual schedule when this game was announced, this was already going to be a bad game on paper. Now, the league caught a brief break with the emergence of Deshaun Watson in the middle of the year so that it might have actually turned into something by the end of the year, but now it's just terrible. I mean, yes, the Ravens could uh, be in a playoff position after tonight with a win over the Texans, but you're literally watching a quarterback matchup between Tom Savage and Joe Flacco both of whom are absolutely terrible at their jobs. Now, I could go into the whole segue of bad quarterbacking from this weekend, but honestly, I I, I, I don't want to bother with it right now because it's the state of quarterback play is so bad right now in the NFL, and I've already had these rants in the past, so I don't want to regurgitate uh, the same rant, so I'm, I'm going to hold off on it and... You know, maybe Tom Savage or Joe Flacco can surprise me. I highly doubt it, but uh, I, I would be shocked if uh, uh, they actually did something. But you know what would be good is if whoever at ESPN actually negotiated this Monday Night Football contract with the NFL, that guy gets fired because the amount of people that ESPN has a uh, has a uh, paid out. Uh, to the NFL for this steaming pile of poo uh, in terms of a football contract for what you're actually called Monday Night Football, it's an absolute joke. 
you cannot be serious with some of the games that are being advertised as something. I, I mean, yes, we all knew that ESPN inherited the old Sunday Night Football package, but they uh, marketed it as the Monday Night Football name. Yes, that that is true. But the fact that it, the matchups are this bad, even the old Sunday Night Football games were not as bad as uh, what we're seeing here uh, lately for Monday Night Football. I mean, it's just week after week of just bad football matchups. And, you know, whatever algorithms that they're using for the scheduling matrix, because there's a whole process to how ESPN uh, uh, basically operates. But, I mean, literally, you can't... Uh, you can't live with this. ESPN basically paid for the NFL package at $15.2 billion for eight years. Think about that. Over a billion dollars a year, uh, ESPN extended that contract back in 2011. In that time, ESPN has been running in the red uh, north of a couple hundred million a year. Uh, which is why ESPN is laying off so many people. It's because of this contract. And, of course, none of the top exec executives are at ESPN are, are actually uh, taking a hit for this uh, nonsense. So, in terms of the actual product, it's hurting the NFL, and it's also killing ESPN as an actual sports brand because no one can take them seriously at this point. Now, in terms of what ESPN's trying to do, uh, because they, uh, they've already lost the negotiation battle horribly to the NFL, they've uh, managed to talk to their cable affiliates into not having the NFL, game, uh, NFL be a requirement as part of their cable package. So that does allow them to back out of the NFL deal by 2021. But if you're talking about why your cable bill ends up being so high, Part of it is because of ESPN just being such a terrible negotiator. So essentially, in order to have NFL games, the actual subscriber fees that uh, you pay out to your cable bill each month uh, for ESPN only is roughly around uh, $7.25 uh, $7 a household. So that uh, regional sports networking fee that gets tacked on to your... Verizon, your ATT, UVerse, uh, your uh, uh, standard cable with uh, through Spectrum, a any any a cable and satellite provider uh, has a sports fee attached to it, and part of it is like uh, you can call it an ESPN fee because of how much they're paying for these uh, actual sports league contracts. So again, it's not just ESPN as a company being affected; it's uh, us as consumers is the bottom line because of how terrible <laughs> some of these negotiation tactics have been uh, uh, beyond the cable company. So uh, I would expect 2021 would be the day that the uh, ESPN uh, finally backs out of the NFL, although the decision would come earlier than that uh, uh, in 2020 that uh, ESPN would say that they're no longer looking to uh, re-up uh, with the NFL package. If they actually do try to re-up with the NFL, ESPN just deserves to run itself into the ground because even Disney uh, would not uh, be 
uh, willing to put up with uh, the amount of money ESPN is costing. At one time, they might have been able to deal with it, but now with uh, the amount of money Disney's making off of the Marvel and Star Wars properties, ESPN is not nearly as uh, valuable as a, a piece of the Disney economy as it once was. So uh, I, I would fully expect the change to be coming uh, soon on that front for how ESPN operates as a business model. And that it doesn't just stop there because the uh, MLB package is also up in 2020. And even though MLB has seen a resurgence, MLB is still uh, is only in the neighborhood of seven hundred million. So again, you're talking about another deal that's probably going to run ESPN uh, well north of a billion uh, once MLB. Because again, now MLB has the MLB Network, which wasn't as big a deal uh, originally as planned. But they could they uh, MLB's in a much better position than ESPN at the negotiation table because they know how much money ESPN is hemorrhaging in terms of the NFL package. So uh, knowing that ESPN has to get out of the NFL, LLB can hold them, uh, hold the feet to the fire. So if ESPN comes just solely a college basketball and NBA network, it could be ugly. I, I mean, the ESPN may actually have to uh, now call back on the NHL, which the NHL desperately needs, but you know, if you thought about it like a couple of years ago, just how terribly uh, the NHL markets its games. Uh, I mean, ESPN didn't need the NHL. That's why they let it go to NBC, SN, uh, NBC and NBCSN uh, in terms of a cable package. But, I mean, again, I'm getting a little bit off topic here because I talk about ESPN. But I'm segueing back into it. So part of the reason why uh, ESPN... Again, seems to be a network just about hot takes and just going going forward in terms of opinion-based issues is because of the fact that they're losing so much money on the sports front that they have to kind of manipulate uh, stories. So uh, e- either for or against, if, uh, you know, just uh, debate your position with uh, as much bombacity as possible and uh, not as much nuance. So... The story that broke over the weekend, and it's one of the most bizarre stories you will ever see uh, in a uh, 48-hour window of just uh, the how crazy and rabid fan bases can be. So the University of Tennessee fired their head football coach, Butch Jones, a few weeks ago. Now, as part of the process, their... Uh, uh, athletic director uh, John Curry intimated at a certain point that John Gruden might actually be a possibility uh, involved here. Now, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that this was a f- incompetent decision, to say the least, because again, John Gruden is making seven figures on ESPN just for being a talking head and being excited about Joe Flacco playing football, which, you know what? I I will admit that that is a very hard thing to do considering that getting excited watching Joe Flacco is like trying to get excited about watching paint dry. But, you know, be that as it may, Gruden does a good job of sounding excited over terrible football games. So 
it's a cushy gig, but he does it quite well, and ESPN pays him for it. May not be paying for him that much longer based on what I said about the NFL package, but at least he's got a few more years of a cushy gig. <clears throat> so, you know, Gruden's not going anywhere. But the expectation was already set with the Tennessee fan base expecting a huge name for the hire. Now, the uh, problem is is that uh, Curry not only said that uh, he promised the fan base a huge hire, uh, he also said that he wasn't going to use a search firm, which one of their primary functions is to properly vet candidates and the potential fallout exposure for hiring said candidate and the proper way of announcing said candidate as your head football coach. They get paid a lot of money to do the process for you and uh, mitigate your downside risk. There's a whole process to uh, scouting for college football coaches because it's a multi-billion dollar industry, and these uh, figureheads would be the highest paid employees in the state more often than not. Uh, In the case of the uh, uh, Tennessee uh, football coach, he is, he is the highest uh, paid employee in the state of Tennessee. There's no question about that. So, again, uh, just to kind of give you a sense of Tennessee football, they play in the SEC, which is the most popular and hotly debated uh, uh, conference in college football. Uh, in terms of SEC coaching uh, carousel, Literally, this is the stat for the past three years. In the past three years, nine out of the uh, 14 SEC coaches have been fired. Nine. (laughs) They're all competing against Nick Saban, who's the grand Pumbaa of them all. Yes, you did have uh, flashes of Auburn, and Auburn did win the Iron Bowl, but they're all competing against Saban. It's it's a Nick Saban world in terms of college football. But that's how crazy it is. So if you don't win your 9 to 10 games a year, and even if you do win 9 to 10 games a year, just like Mark Rick uh, in Georgia, you will get run out because the fan base will get tired of your act of losing big, big games. You have to win consistently in the SEC and win big games. That's why Kevin Sumlin got the boot. Uh, this week you know it's not because he can't recruit it's not because you don't turn out NFL prospects and the SEC you have to win big games now Tennessee has not been relevant in the SEC for over a decade and part of it has to do with they haven't been able to recruit the right kind of coaches again the SEC is a meat grinder so a young coach probably won't get the time needed to win uh consistently at uh at tennessee and even when they did go young with lane kiffin lane kiffin is such a dumpster fire of a just an ethics lane kiffin will be his own separate ethics course at a college of what not to do in a professional capacity at any level in business not that lane can't coach it's just that lane is just so scummy (laughs) in terms of how he operates as, as a professional that Lane Kiffin had to go at Tennessee. There was no way he was going to survive. And, of course, he he, he parlayed that into the, the USC job. And, uh, uh, actually, no, actually, he went from USC to Tennessee and, and then uh, got bounced out. But uh, 
I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I, <laughs> I lost track of uh, Lane Kiffin be, uh, being being uh, uh, kind of a scumbag, but uh, it's one of those situations where you know Tennessee has not been on the football map for a number of years. The issue is the fact that because you're in the SEC, you have to put up numbers. Otherwise, you make the SEC look bad. So the SEC is also kind of interested in Tennessee getting better, even though they don't want them to obviously compete against some uh, some of the big-time schools in the SEC, namely Alabama, Auburn, Georgia. I mean, and of course you got Florida as well, but, you know, End of the day, you don't want uh, Tennessee to be abysmal. You don't want them to be Vandy. I mean, Vandy, uh, you know, it's Vandy. <laughs> uh, yeah, Vandy's there to uh, bring up the academics, and that's about it for the SEC. But, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, everyone has their role in, in place, and uh, the Vols have a huge uh, fan base. So you want to at least have a competent uh, team even if it's not going to be a championship quality team. So, yes, setting the bar for all of this is the fact that it was an improperly handled promotion process for the head coach. They said no stone would be unturned. They said they would exhaust their options. This past weekend, they announced, uh, uh, and uh, the leaks started coming out, that they were going to hire former Rutgers uh, head coach Greg Schiano as their new head coach of the football team. Couple of things with this. Rutgers. Big East. <laughs> Rutgers cashed in on the overexpansion of college football super conferences and took their measly record from the time Shiano uh, turned them around from a football wasteland to bring him back up to 500 in his tenure. So he was a 58-57 head coach of Rutgers. But yes, Rutgers did win double-digit games uh, his last three years there. Here's the thing, though. It was in the Big East. Not exactly a perennial powerhouse in terms of college football rankings. So, not from the region... Not exactly the most difficult competition. You're throwing that guy into the midst of the most cutthroat and violent <laughs> uh, uh, football league uh, in America. Because even the NFL isn't as uh, 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 brutal as college football can be at times in terms of how the recruiting process goes down. Because you got to recruit these kids. I mean, there's a lot of shady things that go down with uh, college football in terms of how they get these kids in there, how they run kids off of their scholarships if they're not, if they don't pan out to be the five-star recruit that uh, they brought them in to be. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot that goes on. So again, uh, quite a bit uh, in in place there. So uh, you you, I mean, honestly, from a logistics standpoint, Shiano never made any sense because there's so many guys that got canned. Uh, recently that you could have gone to to search through. This is who Curry actually uh, stakes his uh, name to. And the fan base goes absolutely nuts over it. Now, instead of just citing that 
all the valid points that I raised about Shiano as, you know, not being a good fit and still being questionable in terms of tenure with his NFL experience uh, at Tampa when he actually has to handle lots of uh, public pressure and scrutiny. He didn't handle it well. So uh, there were a number of items that came up in his tenure with Tampa, namely the fact that his team had an outbreak of MRSA and he still subjected them unnecessarily to treatment. I mean, his own players sued uh, the team and cited him as uh, one of the uh, co-conspirators as to uh, directly impacting their careers because of the MRSA infections they got. And, you know, there, there were a number of things that led to uh, Shiano having baggage in the league. That's the reason why people weren't reaching out to him and banging on his door to bring him back in. I mean, seriously, it, his name coming out as a league candidate for head football coaching job is shocking, to say the least. I mean, he got the job as uh, a coordinator with uh, Urban Meyer in in part due to his uh, prior connections. Uh, but, I mean, no one was really taking him seriously as uh, head of coaching caliber uh of uh, a major program. Maybe if he went back to uh, the uh, the American Athletic Conference or somewhere, you know, that would have made a bit more sense. But him actually doing an SEC job, I mean, it would have been unheard of a, a year ago. So anyway, uh, getting back to the point of what happened, uh, the Tennessee fan base then began circulating reasons why not to hire Shiano and the biggest one they fixated on was the Jerry Sandusky scandal because Shiano was uh, an assistant on the Penn State staff back in the early 90s. Now the issue here is the fact that uh, part of the Sandusky scandal obviously many of you would remember uh, the fact that uh, uh, Sandusky is uh, was convicted on 45 separate accounts of uh, sexual abuse of, ch- of minors uh, during his tenure at Penn State, which somehow the Penn State uh, 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 coaching base had no knowledge of, uh, you know, considering that they all live at the facility pretty much, but no one actually saw anything or saw anything suspicious, despite the fact that Sandusky uh, frequently stayed around children by himself. No, that didn't set off any warning signs with people. But, you know, we'll, we'll leave, since we can't prove that they weren't competent, uh, we'll, 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 we'll just leave, leave it at that. But regardless, uh, because this uh, this did not come, uh, this, tie, uh, this Shiano tie to Penn State didn't come up with the actual investigation that followed the Sandusky revelations in the free report uh, back in 2011. Shiano was never uh, never, uh, brought up. He was never interviewed by former FBI uh, director uh, Louis Free. Uh, So never, his name never popped up in the, uh, I think it was like 200 page report. Uh, I remember it being in the 150 range because I read some of it. I, I didn't read all of it. Uh, just to figure out how, how the, something like that could actually happen on a college campus. But uh, Shiano was never part of that. Uh, what did come up, though, and how Shiano got tied to all of this 
is the fact that as part of the insurance lawsuits that uh, started spilling out, uh, as a part of the lawsuits that started spilling out, uh, one of the insurance carriers uh, had deposed uh, Mike McQuarrie, one of the assistant coaches at Penn State, who had claimed, and he was basically the whistleblower, uh, he claimed that he had saw, seen uh, Sandusky in the shower with a young boy and had mentioned it to another assistant coach, uh, Tom Bradley, uh, uh, what he had seen. And according to McQuarrie, Tom Bradley uh, was not surprised and said that it had happened to another uh, uh, head uh, assistant coach uh, in the early 90s. So he wasn't surprised something like this had happened. And when he was pressed to name... Uh, if he recalled which assistant coach went to Bradley, uh, he said it was Shiano. Now, uh, Bradley and Shiano both deny these claims, but, you know, the issue is, is that if you're under oath and in a deposition, real realistically, there's no way you're going to intentionally perjure yourself because, again, why would you perjure yourself if that's not the conversation you had, yes, I, I uh, Shiano has steadfastly denied the claims. Bradley has steadfastly denied the claims. They were never interviewed as part of this. Ohio State said they had vetted uh, uh, Shiano by interviewing Louis Free uh, prior to this. Uh, uh, so they they were they felt they they were fine with hiring him. But my issue is that you know. If Free never bothered issue uh, uh, interviewing Shiano, again, technically he's not the guy. I mean, yeah, you you did your due diligence technically there at the time, but you know if no one actually talked to McQuarrie again to get any further details, like there's nothing in McQuarrie's uh, deposition that would lead you to suspect that he had some kind of axe to grind against Shiano. He was asked a question to follow up on, and that's when Shiano's name came up with this. So that's why the Tennessee fan base has latched onto this, is Shiano knew about uh, Sandusky 20 years ago and refused to talk about it because he was afraid of getting uh, blackballed by Joe Paterno. So the Tennessee fan base got riled up and started citing that as the reason why this guy should be uh, immediately terminated and uh, uh, not even brought on to college campus because he covered up uh, uh, child sexual abuse. That's uh, that's how the Tennessee fan base uh, went about it, and they stormed the campus. They actually marched on the campus. Uh, they uh, uh, desecrated the rock, uh, the ceremonial rock, and even uh, spray painted that uh, Shiano knew about uh, uh, child abuse and covered it up at Penn State. So, again, this all escalated in a matter of 24 to 48 hours. So, the Board of Regents uh, at Tennessee started hearing it from the donors because this story started circulating. One of the biggest donors is Jimmy Haslam. Yes, Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Cleveland Browns, a model organization of impeccable character. Obviously, I'm joking here, but 
you know, when you have a clown show like that in the mix, you know it gets volatile. So much so that, can you guess who is also part of the volunteer trustee corps? None other than the governor himself. Now, the issue is the fact that uh, uh, the, we uh, the weird part is that uh, by law, the governor of Tel uh, Tennessee is the chairman of the University of Tennessee's Board of Trustees. So they usually don't cover football issues. They, I mean, yes, they could, but re realistically, uh, why would they even bother getting involved? But get can you guess who the governor is? Uh, Bill Haslam. That would be Jimmy Haslam's brother. So you got the biggest booster and the governor involved on this. Now telling the board of trustees that they need to back off of this Tennessee situation ASAP because it's just a bad look. Now, again, there's nothing you can prove. But it's not even about proof at this point. The, the issue is that, and this is, would be along the lines of enterprise risk management. The fact that uh, Shiana was even this far along in the process of being offered this contract because there was a memorandum already uh, in place. So all it had to do was be signed by Tennessee to make this official. So, I mean, that's a formality process. The fact that it, it went this far along in the process without anyone actually doing further due diligence and just taking Ohio State's word for it, uh, you know, it's kind of shocking to say the least. I mean, uh, if you honestly look at it, this is a basic uh, vetting issue just to see What's our potential downside risk? Because you, you had to know someone was going to bring this up. I mean, Penn State came out and vehemently denied that Shiano was attached to any of this because Penn State is trying to get beyond the Sandusky issue as quickly as possible because, again, they, sh they probably should have faced the death penalty in terms of a college football program. And by death penalty, I, I, I'm not saying literally. It's more figurative term, but basically would would have been the suspension of all football operations for a period of no less than uh, four uh, four years. So an, an entire class of students would have gone by and you would have had to completely rebuild the program from scratch with all your players being released from their scholarships and allowed to transfer elsewhere. So Penn State uh, dealt with sanctions for uh, three years and... Uh, obviously have gone past it and have gotten their program back on track, but people still say that they got off easy. Uh, the issue is Penn State needs to distance themselves from uh, uh, from Sandusky as much as possible. So every time Sandusky gets brought up, they come out with a vehement defense to whoever is attached to it because, again, it's in their own self-serving interest to make sure the story dies as quickly as possible. So, regardless, uh, so long story short, Shiano gets the job offered and rescinded to him within the span of six hours on Sunday. And the national media went on a tirade because, again, they didn't report the story on it because technically it's just a deposition by McQuarrie. The issue being is that they're saying it's a rush to judgment on Chiano, and it's not fair that his name was dragged through the mud. 
is it unfortunate for him? Yes. But if you're a public university, even the appearance of impropriety is enough to actually have you scuttle a name that you would normally uh, hire. The issue that it went out this far and it got public is on A.D. Curry, which is why he also needs to go in terms of his job because he made the university look so bad in this instance. The, the millions of dollars in negative press that Tennessee is generating from this is a spectacle, which is why you hire a coach, uh, a coach executive coach committee to avoid potential circumstances like this because if you get it wrong, and this is about as wrong as it gets, it can cost your school millions, which it just did for Tennessee because no one is going to touch this job with a 10-foot pole. I mean, at this point, Tennessee even made a desperate pitch to Jason Witten on the Cowboys. Yes, that Jason Witten. I mean, stand, former standout with the University of Tennessee at the end of his NFL career. So, yes, he, he would probably be looking to retire at the end of the year, uh, if not give it one more year. And even uh, Witten said, uh, uh, said along the lines of, thanks, but no thanks, because he says it's uh, coaching is something he would do down the road. But uh, he, 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 even he had to say that his feet are firmly planted with his Cowboys teammates. Because, again, he can't even say that he's going to be interested in the job. He's still playing an NFL season. I mean, Tennessee is in such a mess right now. They're doing anything they can to uh, cover up how badly they screwed the pooch. But, you know, at this point, it, it's just... Uh, I mean, I, I've seen some bizarre stories in college football, but that's that's probably the most bizarre story I've seen in in years. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, I, I thought the most bizarre college football story this year was going to be the Hugh Freeze uh, uh, calling sex line, uh, uh, sex chat lines on the company phone uh, would would have been the, the kicker for college football, but now you got this debacle. So again. Tennessee only has themselves to blame for this. I mean, they can blame the fan base, but honestly, you needed to do do a better job because even if he was hired, it would have been worse because someone would have gone on and found this info and dug it up for you. I, I mean, your own fan base had to protect you from yourselves because anyone could have found that. Uh, anyway, I digress. But that's what I want to get into because sometimes you get stories in sports that were completely uh, avoidable. Now, Shiano has his name completely dragged through the mud, so he's uh, he's radioactive to basically any college program at this point uh, because it's going to the story cycle is going to generate once again. So, he he's he's untouchable uh, e- even if he was offered a coach in the American Athletic Conference cuz someone else is going to bring it up. So, I mean, yes, could he try to sue for defamation? Yeah, but it's on a deposition. So, again, it's a sworn court document. It's it's kind of hard to get around that. So, again, a lot of black eyes to go around uh, for this one. And speaking of black eyes, this Monday Night Football game is absolutely terrible. Uh, I, I, you know, the, the Ravens and the Texans both screwed themselves not – signing Kaepernick. I mean, they can come up with whatever excuses they want, but I mean, 
this game is just, oh, God. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's... Uh, I I I could say more, but I'll, I'll get it. I'll get into it if I if I don't get into it tonight. I'll definitely get into it tomorrow with the weekly recap of the NFL and the week that was. So uh, that's all for now. Uh, have a good evening, everyone, and uh, stay tuned to the next episode of the podcast. about position in all of sports the quarterback and now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field celebrity qb featuring four-time super bowl champion coach charlie weiss unlike other football shows you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks like is this the year tom brady finally looks his age will dating danica patrick distract aaron Rodgers? i mean he's dating danica patrick charlie we're interested in that you know well i mean tommy's got giselle i'll, I'll take giselle okay <laughs> is dak prescott good enough to win a super bowl for the cowboys which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018 how about intellectually charlie as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now the game has changed but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.